This is Robert Conrad. This Cleveland Orchestra concert is available on demand thanks to the support of WCLV IdeaStream members. I'm a member, and I hope you'll join me today. Click Donate, and thank you. Composer-conductor Pierre Boulez once said, The artists I admire have not followed tradition, but have been able to force tradition to follow them. We need to restore the spirit of irreverence in music. Pierre Boulez made his American debut in Cleveland in 1965 and maintained a close relationship with the orchestra for the rest of his life. His irreverent and innovative spirit runs through the three works on this Cleveland Orchestra program, led by guest conductor Terry Fisher. It opens with Boulez's own Notations, an exercise in invention and reinvention that began in 1945 when the then 20-year-old composer wrote 12 short piano pieces. These musical ideas would be a continual source of fascination for him throughout the rest of his life, inspiring complex new arrangements and compositions. Never one to shy away from irreverence, Igor Stravinsky was surprisingly ambivalent about writing a concerto for violin when his publisher made the suggestion. Stravinsky himself did not play the violin, but fellow composer Paul Hindemith, a violist himself, told Stravinsky that his unfamiliarity with the violin should not stand in the way of his creativity. Canadian-American violinist Leela Josefowitz plays his concerto, a combination of Baroque forms and 20th century rhythms. The final work on the program, the path-breaking organ symphony by Camille Saint-Saëns, established a new symphonic tradition in France, paving the way for works by composers like Franck, Dandie, and Ducat. I'm Bill O'Connell, and this is the Cleveland Orchestra on the radio. Early in his career, Pierre Boulez formulated a vision about music, a vision in which art is a product of rigorous thinking and discipline of the highest order. He adhered to this view his whole life. He generated music entirely from within, with no pre-existing elements from outside sources, whether historical or geographic. His notations is a good example of this vision. He completed the set of 12 piano miniatures in 1945. Each of the pieces is exactly 12 measures long and explores a limited number of musical devices. When Boulez decided 33 years later in 1978 that it was time to develop the unrealized potential of these short works, he treated them as if they were long dormant seeds. He began to conceive the piano pieces as sources for new thinking, for new development. The orchestral notations we'll hear in a few moments are five of the original 12. Boulez preserved the general characteristics of the individual movements even as he increased their size. Essentially, though, he composed entirely new music that made use of certain ideas found in the early works, multiplying the number of voices to the point where almost every single string player has an individual part to play. There is a huge percussion battery, producing a tremendous variety of sounds that go way beyond what the composer had envisioned back in 1945 when he was just 20 years old. Coming on stage at Mandel Concert Hall is guest conductor Terry Fisher, 
to begin this concert by the Cleveland Orchestra with Notations by Pierre Boulez. Thank you. 
Gary Fisher led the Cleveland Orchestra in five notations by Pierre Boulez in Mandel Concert Hall at the Severance Music Center. The composer himself led the Cleveland Orchestra in performances of his notations twice in 1986 and again in 2005. He returned to these works often throughout his life. Terry Fisher has been music director of the Sao Paulo Symphony since 2020 and takes up the same post with Spain's Symphony Orchestra of Castile and Leon in 2023. Mr. Fisher becomes the Utah Symphony's music director emeritus in the summer of 2023. He's honorary guest conductor of the Nagoya Philharmonic. Mr. Fisher's career in classical music started as principal flute in Hamburg and at the Zurich Opera. In 1930, Willy Strecker of the German music publisher Schott & Sons suggested the idea of a violin concerto to Igor Stravinsky, adding that the Polish virtuoso Samuel Dushkin was willing to offer technical advice for the project. The composer was reluctant to accept the offer for two reasons. He lacked full confidence in writing for the violin as a solo instrument, and he was worried that Dushkin might be interested only in a technical showpiece with little concern for the musical niceties inherent in the form. It was the composer Paul Hindemith who reassured Stravinsky on the first point. He told Stravinsky that his unfamiliarity with the violin might be a benefit since he could apply fresh ideas to the use of the instrument. Stravinsky took this advice to heart because Hindemith, in addition to being a master composer and teacher, was also one of the finest viola players of his day. It was soloist Samuel Dushkin who allayed the composer's second concern. Their first meeting turned out to be warm and friendly, not at all what Stravinsky was expecting, and it became the start of a close friendship. The violin concerto was the offspring of that new relationship. In his memoirs, Samuel Dushkin recalls meeting the composer months before the concerto's premiere. During the winter, I saw Stravinsky in Paris quite often, the violinist writes. One day, when we were lunching in a restaurant, Stravinsky took out a piece of paper and wrote down this chord and asked me if it could be played. I had never seen a chord with such an enormous stretch from the E to the top A, and I said, no. Stravinsky said sadly, Quel dommage, what a pity. After I got home, I tried it, says Dushkin, and to my astonishment, I found that the stretch of the 11th was relatively easy to play, and the sound fascinated me. I telephoned Stravinsky at once to tell him that it could be done. When the concerto was finished, I understood his initial disappointment. This chord, in a different dress, begins each of the four movements. Stravinsky himself calls it the passport to that concerto. Our soloist is the eminent Canadian-American violinist Leela Josefowitz, a last-minute replacement for the scheduled soloist. She's on stage here at Mandel Concert Hall at Severance Music Center with Carrie Fisher and the Cleveland Orchestra for the Violin Concerto by Igor Stravinsky.
Leila Josefowitz was the soloist with the Cleveland Orchestra and guest conductor Terry Fisher in Igor Stravinsky's Violin Concerto, first performed in 1931. That premiere, by the way, was a live radio broadcast. The composer led the Berlin Radio Symphony with soloist Samuel Dushkin on that occasion. Just about six years later, Cleveland first heard the concerto with conductor Stravinsky and soloist Dushkin. Our soloist Lila Josefowitz is a passionate advocate of contemporary music for the violin. She's a favorite of living composers. She's premiered concertos by Colin Matthews, Luca Francesconi, John Adams, and Esipeka Salonen, and all of them were written especially for her. You can find information about the Cleveland Orchestra at the website clevelandorchestra.com. You can also revisit selected orchestra broadcasts at WCLV's Cleveland Orchestra On Demand page. You'll find the link at wclv.org. The Cleveland Orchestra has launched a new loyalty rewards program for patrons. Examples of loyalty rewards include behind-the-scenes experiences and prizes. You can find out more about the Cleveland Orchestra's rewards program by visiting clevelandorchestra.com rewards. After a break, this program from Mandel Concert Hall at the Severance Music Center will conclude with the Symphony No. 3, the Organ Symphony by Camille Saint-Saëns with soloist Todd Wilson. This is the Cleveland Orchestra on the radio. I'm Bill O'Connell. With his third symphony, Camille Saint-Saëns set out to write a masterpiece. At age 51, he was, and had long been, one of the most famous musicians in France, successful as a composer, conductor, pianist, and organist. But he had reason to feel that some of his best efforts in the field of composition were not truly appreciated. He had won great acclaim for his concertos and other virtuosic solo pieces, but his symphonic poems met with little enthusiasm in Paris, and it took the unflagging support of no less a figure than Franz Liszt to get his opera Samson and Delilah premiered, but that first performance had happened in Germany, not in France. At home, Sassons found himself locked in a rivalry with César Franck, composer of some of the best French romantic instrumental music. Sassons wanted to make a major statement, and the invitation of the London Philharmonic Society to write a symphony provided just the incentive he needed. Sassons conducted the premiere of his third symphony in London on May 19, 1886 to a standing ovation. The symphony was a success in France as well. Saint-Saëns was well aware of the symphony's significance as a supreme achievement in his career. He wrote about the organ symphony in later years, I have given all that I had to give. What I have done, I shall never do again. Todd Wilson has taken his place at the console of Severance Music Center's Norton Memorial Organ, and Terry Fisher has returned to the Mandel Concert Hall stage to conduct the Cleveland Orchestra in a performance of the Symphony No. 3, the Organ Symphony by Camille Saint-Saëns.
Gary Fisher led the Cleveland Orchestra in the Symphony No. 3, the Organ Symphony by Camille Saint-Saëns. The soloist was Todd Wilson playing the Norton Memorial Organ. The Cleveland Orchestra first performed Saint-Saëns' Organ Symphony in November 1926 with Nikolai Sokolov conducting. Todd Wilson is head of the organ department at the Cleveland Institute of Music also director of music at Trinity Episcopal Cathedral in Cleveland, as well as curator of the Norton Memorial Organ here at Severance Music Center. He's given recitals at major venues throughout the United States, Europe, and Japan, and has appeared with orchestras around the world. Todd also enjoys performing improvised accompaniments to classic silent films. Todd Wilson with the Cleveland Orchestra, Terry Fisher conducting and the Symphony No. 3, The Organ Symphony by Saint-Saëns. On this concert, guest conductor Terry Fisher also led the Cleveland Orchestra in performances of Notations by Pierre Boulez and Igor Stravinsky's Violin Concerto. The soloist in the Stravinsky was Lila Josefowitz. My commentary was based on notes for the Mandel Concert Hall program book by Amanda Angel, Peter Locke, and Richard E. Rada. The associate producer of these concerts is Daniel Wright. The audio supervisor for the Cleveland Orchestra is Gintas Norvila. Live at Mandel Concert Hall in Severance Music Center, I'm Bill O'Connell. Thank you for being with us. Broadcasts of the Cleveland Orchestra originate with WCLV, Northeast Ohio's classical music station since 1962. This is the Cleveland Orchestra Broadcast Service.